0: Preface of the Small Catechism This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Small Catechism by Martin Luther Translated by F. Bente and W.H.T. Dow Luther's Preface to the Small Catechism Martin Luther to all faithful and godly pastors and preachers. Grace, mercy, and peace in Jesus Christ our Lord. The deplorable, miserable condition which I discovered lately, when I too was a visitor, has forced and urged me to prepare, publish this catechism, or Christian doctrine, in this small, plain, simple form. Mercy! Good God! What manifold misery I beheld! The common people, especially in the villages, have no knowledge whatever of Christian doctrine. And alas! Many pastors are altogether incapable and incompetent to teach, so much so that one is ashamed to speak of it. Nevertheless, all maintain that they are Christians, have been baptized, and receive the common holy sacraments. Yet they do not understand and cannot even recite either the Lord's Prayer, or the Creed, or the Ten Commandments. They live like dumb brutes and irrational hogs. And yet, now that the gospel has come, they have nicely learned to abuse all liberty like experts. O ye bishops, to whom this charge has been committed by God, what will ye ever answer to Christ for having so shamefully neglected the people, and never for a moment discharged your office? You are the persons to whom alone this ruin of the Christian religion is due. You have permitted men to err so shamefully. Yours is the guilt. FOR YOU HAVE EVER DONE ANYTHING RATHER THAN WHAT YOUR OFFICE REQUIRED YOU TO DO. MAY ALL misfortune FLEE YOU. I DO NOT WISH AT THIS PLACE TO INVOKE EVIL ON YOUR HEADS. YOU COMMAND THE SACRAMENT IN ONE FORM, BUT IS NOT THIS THE HIGHEST UNGODLINESS COUPLED WITH THE GREATEST IMPUDENCE THAT YOU ARE INSISTING ON THE ADMINISTRATION OF THE SACRAMENT IN ONE FORM ONLY, AND ON YOUR TRADITIONS, AND INSIST ON YOUR HUMAN LAWS, AND YET AT THE SAME TIME YOU DO NOT CARE IN THE LEAST? while you are utterly without scruple and concern, whether the people know the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, the Ten Commandments, or any part of the Word of God. Woe, woe unto you for ever! Therefore I entreat and adjure you all, for God's sake, my dear sirs and brethren, who are pastors or preachers, to devote yourselves heartily to your office, to have pity on the people who are entrusted to you, and to help us inculcate the catechism upon the people, and especially upon the young. And let those of you who cannot do better, if any of you are so unskilled that you have absolutely no knowledge of these matters, let them not be ashamed to take these tables and forms and impress them word for word on the people as follows. In the first place, let the preacher, above all, be careful to avoid many kinds of or various texts and forms of the Ten Commandments, the Lord's Prayer, the creed, the sacraments, and so forth. But choose one form to which he adheres, and which he inculcates all the time, year after year. For I give this advice, however, because I know that young and simple people must be taught by uniform, settled texts and forms, otherwise they easily become confused when the teacher to-day teaches them thus, and in a year some other way, as if he wished to make improvements and thus all effort and labor which has been expended in teaching is lost. Also our blessed fathers understood this well, for they all used the same form of the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, and the Ten Commandments. Therefore we too should imitate their diligence and be at pains to teach the young and simple people these parts in such a way as not to change a syllable or set them forth and repeat them one year differently than in another no matter how often we teach the Catechism. Hence, choose whatever form you please, and adhere to it for ever. But when you preach in the presence of learned and intelligent men, you may exhibit your skill, and may present these parts in as varied and intricate ways, and give them as masterly turns as you are able. But with the young people, stick to one fixed permanent form and manner, and teach them, first of all, these parts, namely, the Ten Commandments, the Creed, THE LORD'S PRAYER, AND SO FORTH, ACCORDING TO THE TEXT, WORD FOR WORD, SO THAT THEY, TOO, CAN REPEAT IT IN THE SAME MANNER AFTER YOU, AND COMMIT IT TO MEMORY. BUT THOSE WHO ARE UNWILLING TO LEARN IT SHOULD BE TOLD THAT THEY DENY CHRIST AND ARE NO CHRISTIANS. NEITHER SHOULD THEY BE ADMITTED TO THE SACRAMENT, ACCEPTED AS SPONSORS AT BAPTISM, NOR EXERCISE ANY PART OF CHRISTIAN LIBERTY, BUT SHOULD SIMPLY BE TURNED BACK TO THE POPE AND HIS OFFICIALS, YEA, TO THE DEVIL HIMSELF, Moreover, their parents and employers should refuse them food and drink, and they would also do well if they were to notify them that the prince will drive such rude people from the country, and so forth. For although we cannot and should not force anyone to believe, yet we should insist and urge the people that they know what is right and wrong with those among whom they dwell and wish to make their living. For whoever desires to reside in a town must know and observe the town laws, THE PROTECTION OF WHICH HE WISHES TO ENJOY, NO MATTER WHETHER HE IS A BELIEVER, OR AT HEART AND IN PRIVATE A ROGUE OR KNAVE. IN THE SECOND PLACE, AFTER THEY HAVE WELL LEARNED THE TEXT, THEN TEACH THEM THE SENSE ALSO, SO THAT THEY KNOW WHAT IT MEANS. AND AGAIN, CHOOSE THE FORM OF THESE TABLES, OR SOME OTHER BRIEF UNIFORM METHOD, WHICHEVER YOU LIKE, AND ADHERE TO IT, AND DO NOT CHANGE A SINGLE SYLLABLE, AS WAS JUST SAID REGARDING THE TEXT and take your time to it. For it is not necessary that you take up all the parts at once, but one after the other. After they understand the first commandment well, then take up the second, and so on, otherwise they will be overwhelmed so as not to be able to retain any well. In the third place, after you have thus taught them this short catechism, then take up the large catechism, and give them also a richer and fuller knowledge. Here explain at large every commandment, article, petition, and part with its various works, uses, benefits, dangers, and injuries, as you find these abundantly stated in many books written about these matters. And particularly, urge that commandment or part most, which suffers the greatest neglect among your people. For instance, the seventh commandment concerning stealing must be strenuously urged among mechanics and merchants, and even farmers and servants, for among these people many kinds of dishonesty and thieving prevail. So, too, you must urge well the fourth commandment among the children and the common people, that they may be quiet and faithful, obedient and peaceable. And you must always adduce many examples from the Scriptures to show how God has punished or blessed such persons. Especially should you here urge magistrates and parents to rule well and to send their children to school, showing them why it is their duty to do this, and what a damnable sin they are committing if they do not do it. For by such neglect they overthrow and destroy both the kingdom of God and that of the world, acting as the worst enemies both of God and of men. And make it very plain to them what an awful harm they are doing if they will not help to train children to be pastors, preachers, clerks, also for other offices, with which we cannot dispense in this life, and so forth. And that God will punish them terribly for it, for such preaching is needed. Verily, I do not know of any other topic that deserves to be treated as much as this. Parents and magistrates are now sinning unspeakably in this respect. The devil, too, aims at something cruel because of these things, that he may hurl Germany into the greatest distress. Lastly, since the tyranny of the Pope has been abolished, people are no longer willing to go to the sacrament and despise it as something useless and unnecessary. Here again urging is necessary, however with this understanding. We are to force no one to believe, or to receive the sacrament, nor fix any law, nor time, nor place for it, but are to preach in such a manner that of their own accord, without our law, they will urge themselves, and, as it were, compel us pastors to administer the sacrament. This is done by telling them, Whoever does not seek or desire the sacrament at least some four times a year, it is to be feared that he despises the sacrament and is no Christian, just as he is no Christian who does not believe or hear the gospel. For Christ did not say, This omit, or this despise, but this do ye, as oft as ye drink it, and so forth. Verily he wants it done, and not entirely neglected and despised. This do ye, he says. Now, whoever does not highly value the sacrament, thereby shows that he has no sin, no flesh, no devil, no world, no death, no danger, no hell. That is, he does not believe any such things, although he is in them over head and ears and is doubly the devil's own. On the other hand, he needs no grace, life, paradise, heaven, Christ, God, or anything good. For if he believed that he had so much that is evil, and needed so much that is good, he would not thus neglect the sacrament by which such evil is remedied, and so much good is bestowed. Neither will it be necessary to force him to the sacrament by any law, but he will come running and racing of his own accord, will force himself, and urge you that you must give him the sacrament. Hence, you must not make any law in this matter, as the Pope does. Only set forth clearly the benefit and harm, the need and use, the danger and the blessing connected with this sacrament, and the people will come of themselves without your compulsion. But if they do not come, let them go, and tell them that such belong to the devil as do not regard nor feel their great need and gracious help of God. But if you do not urge this, or make a law, or a bane of it, it is your fault if they despise the sacrament. How could they be otherwise than slothful if you sleep and are silent? Therefore look to it, ye pastors and preachers. Our office has now become a different thing from what it was under the Pope. It has now become serious and salutary. Accordingly, it now involves much more trouble and labor, dangers and trials, and, in addition thereto, little reward and gratitude in the world. But Christ himself will be our reward if we labor faithfully. To this end, may the Father of all grace help us, to whom be praise and thanks for ever, through Christ our Lord. Amen. End of the Preface Recording by Jonathan Lang